Y'all are looking about as fine as some hogs in the trough. Ooh. <laughs> and the the trough is full of slop. <laughs> oh. America's sloppiest podcast, the pod people. Texas's sloppiest podcast. We are pretty sloppy tonight, boys. Oh. It's going to be a sloppy one. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and music is my life. <laughs> I'm the chili champ, Ben Sheets. Ooh, and I'm the Lord of the Harvest, a.k.a. I'm that saboteur that's fucking up your house. And that's this is right. the Devil's Ball Pit. Well, we're going to be spending the whole night in the Devil's Ball Pit. Mm-hmm. And it's greasy. It's, it's greasy, it's sloppy, it's wet, it's wild. And most importantly... It's big, because everything's bigger in Texas. Bigger than ever. Bigger than ever. Uh, Cleveland, this was your pick. You picked Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. yes, I did. Hell yeah. Fuck yes, I did. Uh, And I hope you see why. Oh, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the terrible 2022 uh, Texas Chainsaw uh, requel that uh, was just just god-awful. Oh yeah, but uh, Cleveland, you, uh, I, I thank you and I appreciate you for reminding us that good Texas Chainsaw movies exist. Boy, howdy, don't they? Boy, howdy, yeah. about two of them. About two of yup. About two of them <laughs> exist. About, about two of them that I know of <laughs> that are really good. And then yeah, you're you're about out of luck after that. I uh, at, least, at least you know what I haven't seen the 3D one yet. Maybe I'll maybe I love it. Maybe I think it's the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, but no, Texas Chainsaw 3D is bad. But uh, Leatherface Texas Chainsaw 3 is one of uh, Matthew McConaughey's first roles. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's his debut. His debut. So. Yeah. I'm going to have to see that at some point, because I do love some Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I would, I'd be down to well, watch that one. I've never seen that one. I, you don't need to see the 3D one. Maybe I don't love Matthew McConaughey. Maybe I just think he's, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, this movie came out in 1986, 13 years after the original. That's right. 12, 13 years after the original. Same uh, director. Same director, Toby Hooper Returns. Same soundtrack artist, uh, soundtrack or. Soundtrack or. <laughs> uh, we have uh, uh, one returning cast member. Uh, we have Jim C. Dow is back as the, as, as the patriarch of the Sawyer family. Uh, everyone else has been recast. Oh, but, yeah, and he'll uh, saw your okay. mom, he'll saw your dad, he'll saw your brother, he'll saw your friends, he'll saw your all of them. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> well, uh this this movie is uh tonally the complete opposite of the original Texas yes, Chainsaw Massacre, yes. but in this case it's not a bad thing. Mm-mm. In fact, I think that that is ultimately what makes this movie great is that it's not just trying to do the same thing that the first one did over again because Toby Hooper already made a perfect film the first time, so uh why try to uh recapture that same lightning in a bottle? Instead, try to capture a different flavor of lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Well, you know what? I like to I like to think of uh, both of these movies are just a delicious big old rack of horror ribs but one is sauced and one's dry rub the original's a dry rub movie you know but this one 
We're fucking lathering on the sauce. Drowning in the Drowning sauce. Drowning yeah. in the sauce. But we're not getting lost. Like we we hold true, you know? And that's that's important. This movie yeah. gets pretty this movie gets pretty fucking sauce. I was gonna like, say it depends on your definition <laughs> of getting lost in the sauce. Because I, I would say that there are parts of this movie that get a little lost in yeah, the sauce. But in yeah, but in a good way. But in a fun way. In a good way. In yeah. a fun way. I was reading that uh Toby Hooper really wanted to like hone in on the comedy aspects of this movie because he intended the the original to be funnier than it is but nobody focused on that because he did the horror part so well so well and the movie is so unsettling and disturbing and horrifying that uh nobody was laughing at it and so toby hooper said well this time i'm gonna make they're not gonna have a choice they're gonna have to laugh at it and uh so this one is uh a totally fucking over the top goofy uh literally carnival ride well it's it's just one to two it's the perfect example of picking either lane right like one they picked the hardcore horror like lane whether intentionally or not the comedy in texas in the original texas chainsaw is hardly comedy in that like it's these horrible people trying to be funny but that makes it scarier right i mean because it feels very genuine and so, like, we're going hardcore horror, just purely dry realism and fear. Whereas this one is fucking buck wild. Buck wild. It's, it's too over the top to be realistic. Yeah, no, there's nothing so, real about this movie. Yeah, so it, it lets you know right away that, like, this is not the same kind of movie. It leans it's in. pure excess. And, you know, coming from this film is a canon picture, mm. you know, and... Canon is all over this movie. Like, it's yeah. pure 80s action excess, especially in the second half of the film. And I love kind of recontextualizing the things about Texas Chainsaw, the original, mm. into kind of a different framework yeah. and seeing how it works. There's a lot of repeated sequences mm-hmm. in this movie, but they've been given this just budget injection and they're, they're so Baroque, like an over elaborated. We still get the, like a final like dinner sequence, but wow, are they different? Yeah. You know, and the same things happen in that sequence. You know, it's funny that it's funny that you say a budget injection because something that I was thinking about in this movie is that it certainly does have a considerably larger budget than the original, but it somehow feels cheaper to me. Yeah. And normally I think that would be a criticism, but I find it charming in this one. Like, it's so ridiculous that it doesn't feel nearly as authentic as the original, which, you know, has such a, a like, level of atmospheric realism. Like, that, the house feels like it could exist. You know, they they did it on a shoestring budget. And this one, they had a bigger budget, and they could do bigger, grander, goofier set pieces. But the result is that it feels cheaper than the well, original. I think a lot of that is also intentional, too. Like I it, think so as well. Yeah, yeah and, like, to, at the risk of sounding really pretentious, what it does is it, it uh, the, the cheapness in this movie, like, uh, is sort of u- used as a tool to highlight, like, the, the cheapness of American life. You know, like, yeah. of, of commercialism, of those sorts of things. And again totally aware of what how i sound when saying that but it is like the, you're right though yeah like yeah. That, that is exactly what they're doing and I, I don't think we need to dive too deep into that because the themes are pretty straightforward yeah. like yeah well i you, find i find it very charming too like yeah. from a production design standpoint mm. it almost feels trauma-esque mm-hmm. at times in oh, terms yeah. of production Absolutely. design well, you can tell that they had fun making it 
Yeah. You know? it's, once again, it's one of those examples where it's just like, like every day of shooting, it had to have just been like an absolute hoot. The Sawyers in this movie have holed up in like an abandoned amusement park kind of Texas battle land. What the fuck? It's yeah. like a, a, a sort of like theme park that's like highlighting the Civil War. Uh, well, yeah, all, all of these various like battles of Texas history. I mean, at the beginning when the, the guys are like driving down the road, like the college kids, and one of them is like shooting the gun out the window. He's shooting all the signs. The signs are like advertising Texas Battleland. Battle it's like check out this battle and this battle and this battle, the Alamo, all this shit. So they've they've holed up in this like this abandoned amusement park. So it feels cheap, but also like it's a cheap hokey amusement park. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like it fits. One of the things I really love about this film is how it captures Texas and Texas culture. Yes. Um, I I feel like even more so than the original even does because the original is so constrained to a small area yeah. that it doesn't get like the the over the topness of it you know you don't get the obnoxious people obsessed with the the Texas OU yes football lifestyle well, and yeah. the uh, the the fry house the original <laughs> like even though it's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like the setting is incidental almost you know yeah like it could be set well, in any sort of rural part of the country like it well, does rural south very specifically i think what it does capture really well about texas is like that's the sweltering heat the heat yeah you know like the 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 feeling of it and like the the overgrown farmhouses and such like that Whereas, it's a it's that that underbelly but it's exclusively that it doesn't get into any other right but you know it could that you could get the same thing in a film set in mississippi or louisiana or Arkansas, you know, whereas like this movie, like the idea of it being in Texas Texas. is like very central. It's very thematic. Like you mentioned, it's set on the weekend of the Texas, Oklahoma uh, Cotton Bowl, the big game. So everybody's partying. There's lots of characters, you know, walking around in cowboy hats, being very stereotypically Texas. Uh, the first time we see the the father of, of the Sawyers, uh, he's winning a uh, uh, chili cook-off that is just like the most excessive, sloppy. Like they're... <laughs> They put a ladle full of chili into the trophy that they give him. I knew you'd love that. And he's got like he's like holding it. He's got like this big chili stain on his lapel <laughs> on his jacket. Yeah, it's just like it rules. It's fantastic. Yeah, and you know every it, it's which and, means that like everyone at that competition ate human meat. You know, it's yeah, two good. years in a row. He yeah, won two years. Yeah. You know, it's and, the secrets and the meat. And you know, and the the setting the setting of. Texas Battleland, too. You know, there's a lot of famous battles from the Civil War, and otherwise in Texas, there's a rich history of death and bloodshed in Texas. Like, hell, most of the the interior of the... Uh, of the the fun house is like the walls are lined with skulls and bones and like yeah the Sawyers have added some shit to it but a lot of that shit was just there you know it's, well, I love that the, the skull and bones section too like where they're in the walls is like a hut that they've built inside of the giant underground area like because you see the outside of it later I didn't realize that last time I thought that they like came out of a hallway because there's just it's so rich there's so much to look at but this time I caught it it's such yeah, a huge set, it's, it's yeah. like a skull and bone mud house that they've built in inside of this underground carnival cavern 
it's so good. It's, it's so, so ridiculous. fucking good. Yeah. What I was really struck by watching this movie is this is very obviously like the main impetus for Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. I oh, would, definitely. Yeah. Like I, I've seen that movie before. This is my first time seeing this one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. House of a Thousand Corpses just is this movie. I mean, it Bill, even has Bill Mosley. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like Bill Mosley. They, they both have Bill Mosley. He's doing similar things. And the inspiration is definitely there. From what I've heard in Halloween 2, his sequel, um, he actually cast the, the woman who plays Stretch in this movie. Oh, gosh. So there's I don't a direct that. lineage there as well. You know, that inspiration is so clear. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if seeing Bill Mosley in this movie is what prompted Rob Zombie to cast him in House of a Thousand Corpses and then subsequently Devil's Rejects because, like, Bill Mosley is so over-the-top and ridiculous in this movie. Yeah. Is he supposed to be the hitchhiker brother from the first one? Yeah, Is that what that's supposed to be? Okay. Well, no, not, not necessarily. I mean, what I'm saying, he's supposed to be the uh, he's supposed to be like another brother who was a nom at that time, and he's puppeting the dead brother around. Like that's the impression I was like, you know, like like in the beginning, like he's puppeting him, and then later on, he's like talking to him and he calls him brother. Yeah, like it's that he's he's puppeting him around, and it's not the same one. Yeah, because I guess uh, I guess fucking uh, the hitchhiker brother gets hit by the truck at the end of the first one. Yeah, Yeah. forgot about that. Waist down. I guess how he's puppeting the the corpse puppet. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, and again, yeah, he calls him brother a couple times. And again, it could just be a corpse, you know. And like, he could kind of be the same brother. I love the ambiguity of it. Like, but like the impre- the story that I weave is that like he he was often nom during the the events of the first one in the seventies. Considering how closely this film ties to the first in first like very years, specific huh? certain ways. I think it probably is the brother, just because I think of, like, the Franklin scene in this movie. Yeah. Well, the tie-ins are definitely there, but, like, the, um, I think also, like, Bill mostly also, like, at least his headcanon, I'm pretty sure, is different, because, but that doesn't really mean anything, of course, but, uh, like, he was, like, hell-bent on making his own spinoff with, with, with Chop Top. An all-American oh, really? chainsaw massacre. Yeah, there's a really good Andrew Wang video about it, like, where he breaks the whole thing down. Like, it's like a, there's, like, only, like, some rare footage that's ever been found of the movie. Like it was one of those things that like apparently it was like largely shot, but like never released. But the shots that do exist are super, super low budget. It, like an amateur. It doesn't uh, really look like much of anything, but um, it is really cool. I love the the idea. I, I wish that it had been budgeted, uh, but he actually like encountered like rights issues and stuff. I forget the details. It's been a while since I watched it, but it's a really cool video. Like it, it breaks it down. But yeah, there was a secret another Texas Chainsaw spinoff yeah, an All-American Massacre which is a great name it would have been fun to see what that would have been you know with just like featuring Chop Top road tripping across the country I, d- I don't think Chop Top works on his own yeah well I mean I, I I agree I also don't really think that Leatherface works on his own and you yes. know I brought that up in in mm-hmm. our discussion of of uh, Texas Chainsaw 2022 it's like Leatherface is the iconic one sure because of the skin face mask and the chainsaw but the original movie and this one it's not about him it's about the family it's about family it's 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 really it's really about family it actually is though it's Mm -hmm. so it's so weird to me that like 
all of these more modern Texas Chainsaw remakes, sequels, soft reboots, whatever, only hone in on Leatherface and nothing else. I feel like it's such a missed opportunity. Well, I mean, yeah, to, quote, I mean to quote Drayton Sawyer, like himself, like it's, you have one choice, boy. Sex or the saw. Sex or the saw. Sex is, well, nobody knows, but the saw. <laughs> The Saw is family. I, I love that he says nobody knows what sex is. Yeah. Like, that's the funniest shit. That's the funniest shit to me. The Saw is family. The, the Saw is family. I would argue that Leatherface is really, like, the least scary part of this movie. Totally. In terms mm-hmm. of, like, characters. Like, Chop Top and the other members of the family are way creepier and way nastier. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, um, kind of the, it's kind of the same in the original, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Again, like, Leatherface is kind of almost a pitiable character. He's, like, he's like... He's he, pathetic. He's like barely functional, you know? He's like so mentally ill that he's nonverbal and, you know, childlike. And we see a lot of that in this movie. And once again... They get it right because it's fucking Toby Hooper again, who mm-hmm. created the character, mm-hmm. who knows the character, and the Texas Chainsaw remake, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Texas Chainsaw 2022. All of these fucking movies focus only on Leatherface, and they miss the point of the character. Like, he's just a big, horny simpleton. See, and this is why another reason why Mandy is so good. Like, Mandy understood all of those things, like, looking back at this era of movies. Like, the cult leader in Mandy is pathetic. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. The, uh, and, and just finally to bring it up to, like, now you've seen, like, the homage that Mandy is playing to with the, the chainsaw fight, right? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah that, that whole deal of, like, yeah, let's find the biggest chainsaw we can find. Yes. And then, and then <laughs> like, it looks like that's all Dennis Hopper, you know, he goes yeah, to the chainsaw place. About Dennis Hopper. Holy shit, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he's, like, picking out the biggest chainsaw he can find, and then, like, two little ones to bring with him as well, because the more, I love the more idea, is better in this yeah. movie. I love the idea of Texas justice being just, Knowing that these are chainsaw wielding serial killers, mm-hmm. so you need to get a chainsaw. So, so you got to fight fire. Them. You got to fight fire I mean, with fire for a true duel. <laughs> That's the best part about it is like, turns out Texas justice is wildly inefficient. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, Dennis Hopper is so good in this movie. He's, uh, the such, he's the perfect casting for this character. He plays uh, Lefty, who is a, a a Texas Ranger, who is the uncle of Sally and Franklin from the original. Yep. So he's been spending the last 13 years trying to hunt down uh, Leatherface, yeah. which is it's- so much better than... Texas Chainsaw 2022 and like it's Sally, like, it's, it's not even Sally, Sally became a Texas Ranger and spent 50 years hunting Leatherface, whatever. It's like they didn't watch this movie. It is. And it, right? yeah. they probably didn't. Like that's, and that is exactly why I say that so much in the previous podcast. It honest to God is like they never watched this one or the original and just understood what it was about. Like, and the, the, the fun that you can have, like, yeah. doing one of these movies. Well, and, like, we hit on it in that episode a little bit, but this one really nails the satire and the satirical elements that the new one misses because, like, this one is, you know, really making fun of American, but more specifically Texan culture mm. and kind of the bravado of it and kind of the... the excess. Excess, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, like, this on, movie's all about excess. On paper? There are good ideas, like in the 2022 one, right? Sure. Saying, okay, we're going to do a requel. 
with this franchise, right? And we're going to have it be about it's still going to be commentary on the heart of Texas, but it's going to be about like the Austinites moving in. It's going to be about like the, the hipsters yeah. like coming into the country and trying to do like a health food thing with it. There's even like commentary on that in this movie. And it's really funny. Like, uh, but so like on paper, like I, I still think that's a good idea and they could have done some great things with it. But, but again, it's, now the we'll lack, never see. it's the lack of com- it's a lack of community. Yeah. Or, or and commitment. Like yeah. they they don't they don't follow through on the punchiness of those jokes like this does. Like this movie, like like it, it leans in so hard when it's telling a joke, you know, it's it, you know, like, well, yeah, you know what it's doing. 2022 doesn't feel like it's trying to be funny. Right. It doesn't mm. feel like it's trying to satirize like it's it, it, well, it, no, it feels like it is and it doesn't know how. Like which is sad. Like, no, like, that's, it, what it I, that's what I found. No, about. there's a, there's a different there's a difference. It 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 doesn't feel like it's trying to satirize. It feels like it's trying to mock. But again, it right. doesn't quite. It doesn't quite it's spiteful, know. Isn't it? it it is spiteful, but also it doesn't quite know what its target is. Like where we we talked about how its message is kind of confused. Whereas this movie is, it's not spiteful. It's not mocking. It's fun and satirical. And it is about the idea of Texas excess. Everything is bigger. Texas. Texas. <laughs> Everything is bigger and better in Texas, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and in this case, bigger is for once actually better. Or at least it's fun. Like, maybe not better. It's, it's a different it's a different flavor of good. I, I but it's not better. And it's often, not, no, and, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that one. Bigger is not better in this case. Mm-hmm. I, I hesitate to throw around the term better. Yeah, in, compared to in, the original. In, in comparison yeah. to the 74 movie, um, because I think that's a uh, one of the greatest films ever yeah. made. And better is uh, it's just delicious it's apples an and delicious oranges. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. they're both damn tasty. Pulled pork and ribs are both delicious. The it just fucking delicious. It just depends on what mood you're. Yeah, in. there's no wrong choice, yeah. folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing. I mean, is, there is. It's the 2022 one, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, um, that's, that's, that's a corn dog. Like next to like fucking like ribs. No, that, you know, no corn dogs are still corn tasty. Dogs, corn dogs are yeah. good. That's like that's like barbecue tofu. No cold Vienna sausages. Oh, okay, there you go. There you are. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold Vienna sausages. Um, uh, not prime meat. Not. At all. It's not right, all right. prime meat. That's They're not, not the meat. best cuts. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I will say there are things that I think this movie does better than the first one. Is that right? Interesting. Like, I think I think uh, there's more memorable characters in Chop Top and Dennis mm. Hopper, just maybe because they're bigger, but their performances are more memorable to me. I think they're louder. Um, you can carry on first. I'll, I'll, I'll well, like I said, they're bigger and more excessive, but they're also more memorable. And, you know, I, I Dennis Hopper in particular, just such a, <laughs> a bad shit performance in this movie. That's true. That, uh, God, especially in the second half, he just absolutely loses his mind once he gets <laughs> into the well, Texas like, battle land. What's fun, like watching it a second time, I realize like they do a great job of showing all the signs that he's already losing it. Like, oh, like yeah. in the scene in the, the hotel, when like Stretch first visits him with the tape, like you see him like dissociate multiple times. <laughs> 
no, just yeah. like staring yeah. at the wall and shit. It's so funny. Again, like, perfect casting for Dennis Hopper. Oh my like, god, yeah. I mean, there's fucking Frank from Blue Velvet as a sheriff, as like a Madden sheriff. You can't beat that. You really can't. It's so funny. Uh, wielding chainsaws <laughs> in a 10-gallon hat. He built holsters for the chainsaws. He built holsters for his chainsaws. It's so I, good. I love the scene where he goes to buy the chainsaws. Oh my god, yes. That scene is so fucking funny. The The way that the guy who owns the shop goes from nervous to, like, entertained, like, watching him. Like, when he's, like, picking out the chainsaws, he's kind of, like, pointing him at the shopkeeper, and he's kind of like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Well, he's, like, he's, like, cutting up invisible enemies, and, like, yeah, a shopkeeper. Yeah. around, like, a sword. Yeah, the but the shopkeeper's, like, like, right next to him, like, almost gets, like, kind of bumped a couple of times, and, like, it's, yeah, he's, like, really, like, who the, who the fuck is this guy coming into my store? He's kind of, like, just, nervous, yeah. but then he's, like, you know, you well, then, go- then Dennis Hopper just puts a fucking wad of cash on the table. Like, doesn't count it out or anything. So, like, he's probably, like, buying, like, the equivalent of, like, six chainsaws. Like, probably. it's, like, a whole wad of cash. So, like, the guy has all the reason in the world to be happy. And that's the whole, that's the whole, like, theme of the, the film, right? Like, they they keep getting away with selling the meat because, like, these people are willing to pay anything for this product. Like it's, it's the, it's all commentary on capitalism. This, this plays into that, you know, like, like he just puts the money down and he suddenly, he's not worried about if this guy is the Texas chainsaw killer or not. Cause like there's sort of that implication there, right? Like anyone can be the, the Texas chainsaw killers. Yeah. Like they're out, they're out on the loose still. They're a folk legend at this point. Uh, yeah. Dennis Hopper comes in behaving very strange, cutting up invisible people in front of yeah. this guy. Like, like he yeah. could be the guy or whatever, but then he just puts a whole wad of cash in front of him. And it doesn't matter. Well, then he anymore. tells him, you know, go outside and test him out you know mm-hmm. he's got this big he's got a huge log out front of the store for and you see all the marks all, so they've all, already yeah, been cutting into for it people tested the chainsaws and, and that's good world building. just goes he just goes absolutely like buck wild on this thing with one of the chainsaws it keeps cutting back to like a close-up of the shopkeeper he's like grinning and he's like he's kind of like getting off on he it a little says bit something really funny like "Ooh, holy banana or something uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, hold a banana! Like, well, yeah, when, uh, on that subject, or like good sweet banana or something like Hopper that. Walks yeah. in, he's like on the phone with somebody. You're and says, meaner than a sting bat. Yeah, he says you're oh, yeah, meaner than a sting bat seal. Seal, yeah, a sting bat seal. Because you know, yeah, he he doesn't say comma. Like you, you guess that it might be a comma there. Like, and I agree, I think there is. But like the way he delivers it is like you're meaner than a sting bat seal. Seal, you're meaner than a sting bat seal. And it's like, wait. Wait, is he? The, well, the thing is, what is does either, that mean? Whether the comma is there or not, it doesn't make it any <laughs> look, clearer. Look, I don't. What's going on. I don't know much about baseball. Is a sting bat? Is that something? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know much about I don't know about baseball. I don't know. There's a lot of maneuvers and stuff. It's a, it's a complicated sport that I'm unaware of. I'll be honest. So, like, maybe a sting bat is a maneuver. I don't know. But like, is <laughs> maybe it's a te- maybe it's a Texas thing. Maybe they got them sting bats down there. Damn. What if this What if this movie was called the Texas Sting Bat Massacre? Whoa. <laughs> <Big> Seal. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So uh, it's just like. He didn't say dingbat. He didn't. He said stingbat, right? I mean, his accent's pretty thick, so, like, maybe it was supposed yeah, to be dingbat. We're from the South. I does, don't... I've never... It does sound, we it didn't, sound like stingbat. It sounded like stingbat. That it doesn't make sound any like sense. Sting bat, like, yeah. yeah, and then seal? Like, what? Okay, is he talking to someone named seal? Is he talking to... You know, maybe is, Lucille? Is he talking to the singer Seal? Chris yeah. from a Rose Seal? From, yeah, Chris from a Rose. Like, or, or is it... Uh, I almost said Chris from a Rose. <laughs> Chris from a Rose. <laughs>
Damn, that's actually a good name for like a TV series. Anyway, um, so no, it's not. It's not. No. Okay. <laughs> um, like you know, everybody hates Chris, Raymond. You know, Christopher yeah. Rose. Well, um, I, you you made a really good point about how it's really all about capitalism. Like, uh, yeah, that wad of cash is really telling. But also, like when Dennis Hopper comes in to face the family, the dad keeps trying to offer yeah. him cash to go away. Just to buy him out. Yeah. yeah. And then when he's hiding under the table while Dennis Hopper and Leatherface are having their chainsaw fight, he's talking about how the small businessman, the small business owner, always gets screwed over. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, Earlier, he's yelling about how uh, about taxes and how politicians the, and celebrities don't have to pay taxes. Well, why does he do? Yeah, it's well, it's in the the rafters are starting to come down a little bit, and he doesn't know why. He says, "Yeah, they're always trying to fuck you with these property taxes," which is wild because I assumed that they. Had had just like that they were squatting in this abandoned well they are park. because property taxes right no, if he's complaining about property taxes that means, that means he for owns it. it yeah that means he owns the land which and is, is paying funnier property tax, which is way more confusing yeah. but it is kind of it is funnier <laughs> yeah. that instead of them just i mean he's like, got the money you know like, instead of them just like hiding out in this uh this place because they're on the run they have uh bought somehow <laughs> they've bought this abandoned amusement park they make good chili and uh yeah you know maybe that chili is is really good prime meat uh, yeah they're thriving off the chili empire clearly yeah and that's why he has plenty of money and plenty of money to spend i guess so you know that's part of the the satire and capitalism like no one really cares where the meat is coming from no one asks as long as it tastes good like as long as they're, it's delicious. they're happy no. And you know what? They're right. Because if the meat is delicious, I'm not asking where it came from. Mm-hmm. Hungry boy. Hungry boy. It's ultimately unimportant, but uh, <laughs> I did... They the movie starts with like a similar uh, like title crawl like the first one does with a narrated title crawl uh, in 1973 uh, five college students were murdered the Texas Chainsaw Massacre but <laughs> but uh, they're talking about how after Sally escaped in the first one that the police were never able to find the house where that she escaped from. And like, like I said, ultimately this is unimportant, but that's fucking ridiculous to me because <laughs> it's literally right behind the house that Sally's family owns. The abandoned house where they went to hang out was like her grandparents' house. And <laughs> the Sawyer's house is literally in the backyard. It's just I have, behind. I have two theories. I have two theories here. The house is magical and it disappeared. No, that's pretty great. Uh, let's write a sequel. Uh, theory one, they literally took apart the house and moved it along with everything else that they owned. Come on. Theory, theory <laughs> two. I didn't say it was practical. Uh, theory two, they blew it up because oh, they, had, they owned dynamite and we bro- know this. That's my theory is they blew yeah, up the house. They, maybe they blew up the house. They, they would have found, the found the rubble. But they took Franklin with them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, we got it. We do. We do have to mention that they took yeah, Franklin and, with them. Yeah, and you know what? On that note, Franklin, uh, uh, memorable is is fuck here. I know, I know you're just saying more memorable. You weren't saying that it's not, but like the the first movie, what I find about the characters is like they are pretty memorable still. Like like Franklin's like walking around like chewing a sausage the whole time, which is very good. He's not walking around. He's rolling. <laughs> he's, he is rolling around. My bad. My bad. Uh, but like he's he's going around like yeah, chewing on a sausage the whole time, and there's some fun character bits and like everything with Leatherface and the family. The grandpa in the original is like wearing a corpse like and that sequence where you think it's a corpse and then you realize no there's a person under there is is really spooky i don't think there's a person under there i think he's just so old that he looks like a corpse. no no, no. you see lips like under the corpse like don't you no 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 no. that's just grandpa's just so old that he that when you first see him you think he's a corpse the horrifying thing is that he's still alive when they bring him down yeah, i thought i thought he was wearing a corpse too i don't know it's been i mean the time. mask is it, it's if anything it's that the mask is maybe kind of cheap in the original and instead of like, person he's wearing it but it, it is supposed to be like he's not wearing anybody like he that's just him old as mm, shit. Um, that's another thing that feels a little bit cheaper to me in this movie is Grandpa's back in this, but I don't think the makeup is as good in as in the original. He looks more decrepit and ancient in I, the original. I think that the makeup is more in this movie. It, it looks more done. Like, like I think that they spent longer and more money on like the makeup here for, for Grandpa, but like it's more cartoony and fake looking. Yeah. Well, what I think it is is like in the first movie, he was very very dry, you know, oh, and yeah. almost dusty. Where in this one, he's kind of moist and wet. Everything's pretty yeah. moist and wet in this one. Although I will say, uh, you know, they they did uh, shoot this in Texas. Uh, you know, we see at the end of the credits all the different places in Texas they shot. But I will say this movie does not feel as like hot. As the original, it doesn't no. have the same the same kind of atmospheric texture. It's got a different kind of texture yeah. to it, but it doesn't feel as like sweltering and just like humid and sweaty. It doesn't really feel thing. like it's about that as no, much no, 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 either. No, no. And you no, know, it, it's totally it it's totally a, a different uh, intention. Absolutely. Yeah, especially the the carnival. It still feels kind of smelly. As a whole, oh yeah, oh well, it feels smelly for sure. All the characters feel smelly, definitely, no doubt about that. Sweaty, um, it's a sweaty, sweaty place. Yes, we keep we keep mentioning the Franklin scene and then getting diverted. I want to <laughs> let's do it. Yes, it's one of the best examples of like blatant fan service, but yeah. uh, in it's, a in amazing manner. Is at one point. Well, it's so uh, stupid it transcends. Yeah, exactly. Dennis, yeah. Dennis Hopper is going through uh, this fun house for like Jesus for like forty five minutes, just like cutting uh, uh, beams, trying to bring the structure of the place down, which he never does. No, uh, because I I would assume that the beams are dec- decorative. Yeah, that's the joke, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, it's it's, not, it's they're, they're in a not, mine. They're not they're in like structure. A, they're a, in a, a fake mine. Yeah, yeah, it's a carnival mine. Like it like it's they're for like a mine ride mm-hmm. it's not yeah it's not for like like actually holding up the building so he's going along trying to like cut down the devil's playground yeah, like like destroy hell because he's it's- completely lost his mind but at one point he finds franklin because uh, i guess the sawyers for some reason brought him with them when they fled don't know why, but he finds a skeleton in a wheelchair covered in cobwebs. It's still holding the flashlight. <laughs> I'm amazed they didn't put a sausage in its mouth. 
<laughs> what I love is like when he touches it, like the hand like presses the button on the flashlight and it turns on for a second and then the battery dies. <laughs> like that was the last bit of his soul leaving, you know? Like Yeah. I just love the idea that they that Sally got away in the original and they had to like up and flee because they knew the cops were coming and so they just picked up Franklin in his wheelchair <laughs> flashlight and all and just took him with them <laughs> and then just left him in some corner in this abandoned well, fun house well, to, think about it, right? to like, decay. Texas is a big state right? Uh, yep that's mm-hmm. true. Now we know that they're a cannibal family and that they up and moved a pretty great distance so what they did, did they bring him along for, they took the kids middles? van because we know that they had a whole bunch of cars in the backyard so they could fix the van they took the van they blew up the house and took franklin along as like their road snack as a snack as a road snack yeah okay. and then they left him there when they got there because they had to have been in this place for 14 years because they did a lot of work yeah well they well they did a lot of work and also <laughs> the front and also franklin is covered in cobwebs so yeah. he's obviously been sitting there for a very long time yeah. yeah so so i like that i think that's that's my theory that's my that's my game theory uh that uh yeah frank they they use franklin as a road snack it's, along it's the way. funny that they didn't take him out of his wheelchair though <laughs> the flashlight and everything <laughs> that's that's the funny part is that they took the wheelchair and all and didn't even take the flashlight out of his hand they just took him as is uh when dennis hopper is going through the fun house there's a great uh sequence where he cuts through a portrait of i think it's davy crockett and a bunch of, guts of the wild frontier fall out. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. He walks up and he says, "Like really terrible, like carnival mural of a Texas, some Texas battle." Yeah, I it's think like, it is David. Yeah, he's got like the 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 cap, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like a bit of blood oozes out of the mouth. You know, and it's like, oh, is there just like a ton of like meat or something behind the wall? Like what's going on? And he kicks the base of it. And yeah, just like a shitload of meat just and people guns. bits. Yeah, like just <laughs> pour out of the wall. Like so great. You know, it's like, well, oh, that's, my God. that's what sets him off trying to bring the whole place that's, down. Yeah, it's the, the devil's, devil's playground. playground. <laughs> 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 it's so funny because like when he starts doing that there's like 30 minutes left in the movie and it just like keeps cutting back to like stretch and her whole plight of you know being captured and the whole thing where uh leatherface finds her in uh in the the meat shack and puts lg's face on her yeah, and puts the cowboy hat on and then it's just like every now and then it'll just cut back to dennis hopper like running through some hallway screaming like cutting through like purely decorative uh support beams and then it'll just cut away from him for like 10 minutes and then it'll cut back to him later <laughs> it's just like he's spending so much time doing this well, he's like he's like actually <laughs> screaming and yes. like cutting down like like parts of this building and uh nobody uh, with, knows with a super loud for chainsaw a, for but such a the long theme time. park is so big that no one even realizes he's there and it's so funny it's such a good bit like yeah he's just going and like cutting through things and no one hears him. no one nope. even notices that he's there like like a child throwing a temper tantrum it's 
so good. Let's uh, let's move back a little bit. I do I do want to talk about Stretch and how much I like their character. Stretch is our our protagonist of the film. She is a radio host. She is the one who first hears the callers in who get murdered uh, via car phone um, yes. uh, at the beginning with the puppeted brother on the bridge. It's a great sequence. Uh, the guy with the the eyeball like reflective like goof glasses the goofy are, glasses are great. Yeah, yeah and uh you know so they're doing the, they're they're calling in and uh yeah they they hear the whole the whole event um and her and LG are you know going out and about you know doing their thing and we get that wonderful shot of LG like building a literal house made of french fries um the nastiest looking french fries yeah, i've ever seen greasy you know like uh, the the fry house and he's just yeah <laughs> it he's like the dregs that you pull out that you sift out of the fryer at the end of the night yeah, yeah. i like i've worked in enough kitchens to like pull my fair share of those fucking overcooked burnt fry bits out of the fryer <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what those fries look like they do not look <laughs> appetizing at all, yeah, and he's just built like a. But little, he has like, built a full log house cabin with a with a chimney. He's pouring uh, like gravy down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, just just an excess of 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 nasty like food, and I love it. Yeah, it, it's so it really just sums up the whole movie. Again, bigger you know? is better. You know, like yeah, more, this is, more, uh, more. Yeah, this isn't a house of cards. This is a house of greasy fries. <laughs> a house of French fries and gravy. Yeah, like, and like chili. Yeah, I guess I guess poutine. I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, this is Texas, so no poutine. But I, I really like, I really like Stretch's character, like radio host. Yeah. She, she makes a lot of good calls, and she's a really fun mirror for the audience. Like being caught in this, like this haunted house ride. The, the actress does an incredible job of like showing pretty earnest panic. Like whenever, like she's trying to like flit from place to place. So like, like the and the the chainsaw, like. The, the Sawyers are, like, moving around her, and she's trying to slowly make her way out of the place. Like, the panic is really genuine. Like, when she's, like, in the pipe, you know, and she's kind of putting her hands up. Like, she can, almost can't take it anymore, like, having to, like, duck back again into this other place. Like, she's clearly at wits, like, beyond wits end at that point. And it feels really real and genuine. I, I think her characterization is good. What I think is weird in this movie is... Uh... Uh, Leatherface getting really horny for her all the time. Yeah. I know this is a canon film. Yes. So, <laughs> once again, it's a canon film, but I kind of dig those sequences. It's sleazy. It's, but, it's definitely sleazy. But at but the it, same time, I kind of like it, too, because like it, it brings this kind of... It brings a bit of humanity to Leatherface, because it's like... He, you know, when when he and Bill Mosley like go to the radio station to kill her because she's been playing the tape of them killing the other people on the air, Leatherface doesn't kill her because he's got a crush on her. Yeah, because he thinks she's pretty. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and like, I, it, I mean, it's sleazy, like where he's like running the chainsaw like up her inner thigh, like onto her crotch, and he's like, he's doing a lot of like phallic sort of like thrusting motions oh, with yeah, the chainsaw yeah. like it's it's it is it is sleazy and gross like it's it's 80s sleaze personified but at the same time it's like he does let her go because you know he doesn't want to kill her because she's pretty and you know later when he finds her in the in in the fun house you know he tries to help her again you know he wants to dance with her he puts he gives her a, a new a face mask you know yeah, so she can be mrs texas chainsaw so she can be mrs leatherface uh, you know, and it's like he is that that 
that's how Leatherface should be. He's he's innocent and well, innocence. Hell no. Word, but he's childlike. Yeah, he's he's, childlike. he's he's childlike. You know, he's he's not evil because it's inherent to him. He's you know he does evil things because his family is evil. Yes, you know, and they tell him to do these things. It's what he knows. Yeah, and that they could have been a good boy. But he does. But he does want a girlfriend. You know, he, he just he just wants a girlfriend. Well, but he also doesn't understand what it is like too, which is yeah. which is interesting. Um, and and really horrifying. But I I like how Stretch has to like get out of that situation and it's it is sleazy but also it's i don't feel like they're hypo hyper sexualizing it for like the sake of they're, they're doing it for horror like like yeah. we're supposed to mm-hmm. feel like we're being you know like like taken advantage of in some capacity too and it's terrifying yeah i think that's a, a pretty strong saving grace for it and i think i think it's helped it age like uh and especially like in the long lineup of like canon films yeah you know and like how like they are they really are for like they're they're exploitative and And i feel like this is and i feel like this is almost it kind of comes back around like it's it is still exploitative for sure but like it is it's it's making a point with it like it's using it for a purpose other than just gratuity right it's sleazy but they stop short of having Leatherface rape. No, her, God, yeah, they don't. They which don't, is yeah. which is something that I feel like a modern Texas Chainsaw would do for the for. I mean, a, or a worse eighties one, know, for, yeah, or seventies one, yeah. Of shock value, and, or a, another just another canon movie would do that from that same era. There's so many movies that you know, like canon films like that that are sleazy as all hell. There, there's an there's an argument to be made for it for sure. It's exploitation in the. Uh, in the genre definition but it doesn't yes. nece- it doesn't really feel exploitative i don't think because no, it has you to learn um, yeah it's it's sleazy but it's not it's not too bad um i mean if anything it's it's still pretty funny at times yeah yeah, yeah you know? for sure Hor- horny Leatherface is pretty funny honestly yeah. well I, it's it's great too because like the the, the the big joke is that like LG like her co-host on the radio station is also like down bad like yeah. he's yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's like oh you want to you know, get a shake for you later and she's like LG you know like clearly like she's like oh you and he's like god damn it you know like he's, he's just god. trying to get some yeah and so he goes yeah. out and he goes out to get like fucking lattes or some shit or the te- whatever the Texas equivalent is and uh, something that Bucky's or whatever and uh he he goes out and that's when they show up you know the the brothers show up again and then leatherface kind of takes on that same role as being down bad and leatherface you know hasn't really been exposed to like the outer world and what these things mean how the family views sex is very funny to me like because again like the dad you know like he says like you know sex as well nobody knows <laughs> um uh and like he almost tries to give leatherface like a birds and the bees talk there like he's never really given leatherface or explained that to him you know when he says that like it's a trap or whatever and well, I, yeah, it's not easy trying to give him a talk he's trying to convince him as like oh man you know pussy ain't worth it you know, it's about family. Mm-hmm. You know, the saw is family. Yeah. Before we move away from the the all the stuff at the radio station, uh, we should talk about how Bill Mosley's character is introduced in that scene. Proper iconic. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's fucking that. That's maybe my favorite scene in the movie is the introduction of of Chop Top in that scene. It's like the middle of the night, you know, Stretch is putting some music on. She goes out into, like, the lobby, and Chop Top is just there. And, uh, 
you know, he's he he plays it off like he's a fan. He keeps saying, oh, you know, music is my life. Like, I, can I make a request? You play something by Iron Butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's heavy. That's In the heavy Vita shit. Degada. In a Vita de Gata. In a Vita de That's real heavy, man. My favorite detail of that scene is uh he's he's wearing this sort of like bowl this black like bowl cut wig we don't know it's a wig at that point but he's got a uh a metal coat hanger that he is continually uh uh lighting he's he's uh heating up the end of it with a lighter and then scratching at his head and then licking the end of it yeah (laughs) <laughs> and this is a part towards the end, like, because, like, Leatherface comes in and he accidentally bops him on the metal plate instead. Yes. And and he's recovering and, ins- and he just take like, now that his, his wig is off and we see him for, you know, like, the monster. Well, yeah, beneath, that's that's the reveal, like, is that he, he knocks the wig off and we see that what he's been scratching at is he just has a metal plate on his head, which we learn is It's from, like gangrenous uh, around the edges. Yeah, and that's what he's been scratching at, is, well, like, the, the, the skin, the flesh around the metal plate. What I like is is that like he keeps referring back to Nom and he keeps singing about Nom land. Yes. But I like to think that maybe he didn't actually even go to Nom and that like just the dad got angry at some point and bopped him in the head and told him he got it in Nom. Could be. Or like, you know, like something silly like that. Because like the timeline doesn't also like entirely line up. It's really fun to me. You know, and again, too, if it is the brother, like when he was hit by the truck, you know, or whatever. But like, like here's the thing. It, it can't be the brother hit by the truck because like, you see his head get pulverized. Like, you see his head explode when the tire runs over it in the first no, one. No, no, you right? don't. No, you're thinking of a different movie. The The first one's never that gratuitous. Really? I mean, you see him get, like, fucking pancaked by the truck. <laughs> he gets pancaked. But you don't... He's dead. I mean, you don't see his head get crushed or anything. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's probably dead. Like, I think... Like, it can't be the same brother, right? It's confusing because they both kind of have, like, a, the birthmark on their face, which yeah. is why I was confused about it. But, like, yeah, he does... The, the brother does get, like, fucking flattened by the truck in the first one. And I like the idea that Bill Mosley's character was was uh, was in Nam during yeah. the during the events of it's, the first one. Honestly, yeah. like it's a win either way. Like yeah. if it is the same brother, it's funny as shit. And if it's like yeah, brother off in Nam, or it's just like somebody else was hitting the head with a hammer. Because yeah, it's I mean, funny if, it, as shit. if it is if it is the same brother, then I mean the head wound is most likely from getting pancaked by the fucking truck. <laughs> right. You know? It's like like in like, horror, yeah. like like and he just thought that he was in Nam because he got <laughs> fucking hit by. A semi. Right. It's like, like it's it, it's fun. It's fun any way you look at it. Right. Like like horror and comedy share this in common, right? Like 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 funny ambiguity and horror ambiguity is where like all answers are scary or all answers are funny. Yeah. And there's all answers are funny. Like don't don't worry about like you can actually like not worry about it or not think about it. Because like, you know, I get kind of tired when people say like, oh don't think about it, it's a movie, you know, and it's like, well, it's my job. But like uh here, like it's it's the kind of thing where it's I mean, like, yeah, you don't have to because it's like it's fun regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's all about intention. It's like yeah. if it's not meant to be realistic, like if it's not meant to be like hard realism, then yeah, 
shut your brain off and don't think about it. Enjoy mm-hmm. the ride. But if it's presenting, oh, if it's presenting itself seriously and then it doesn't make sense, yeah, then just telling you to turn your brain off doesn't work. There, you know, it's <laughs> it's all about like it's it it all comes with the territory. What is the tone of the film? Most definitely. And this movie is a this movie is for sure a turn your brain off and don't think about it. Don't think about the fact that even though the Sawyer's house was right behind Sally Sally's family house in the first one that the cops couldn't find the house like don't they think about that shit <laughs> don't think about who bill mosley's character is supposed to be it doesn't fucking matter it just matters that he's there and he's part of the family and he's part of the family he's part of the family i love him just walking around with his metal skull plate and uh you know that's a uh stretch uses that against him later with a with a lamp she she picks up a lamp and breaks it and then sticks the the socket onto his metal plate and electrocutes it (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was really clever yeah because again like stretch is resourceful Mm -hmm. you know she she uses every out that she can take and I, I hate that they named her Stretch, though. It's I love like, it. It's like, like the it's horny. Great. It's like the horniest name they could have. Yeah, given She's a radio her. host. Yeah, like like uh, she's you know she's a shock jock radio host. But it's, <sighs> but then like it's not even just like her radio persona. Like she tells Dennis Hopper, it's like oh you can call me Stretch. Well, no, like, no, no, no. Eh. Like, like 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 Stretch. Stretch is also like like uh, this is gonna sound real stupid, but it like this is like a gender neutral term. Like you call guys Stretch too. Like I think that's an old like Southern thing. <laughs> Hey, stretch! Wait. Like you never heard what? that? Really? No. Yes, that's an old term. You're you're stretching to make ends meet. You're stretching to you know like you you can you got you got long arms. You're stretchy. You know like that's. <laughs> you've never heard someone call that before. You've never heard someone call someone stretchy like that. I've heard of stretch. I'm telling ar- you, I've heard it's of a stretch term. Armstrong. No, no, like not Mr. Fantastic bullshit. I just mean yeah, like like he's he's stretchy. You've never heard someone say that. Like, come on. No. God, I've heard so many people say that. Where? <laughs> like old people. It's an old people thing. Like they say, yeah, he's stretchy. He's he's skinny. He's gangly. Yeah, like he's stretchy. Stretchy. You've never heard someone call someone stretchy before? Never. No. That's that's, that's weird to that me. That is and, such and a I'm, southern thing. It, it definitely is. I grew up in the same place that Cleveland did. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have heard I have heard that term. I'm, I'm just as southern as Cleveland is. Stretchy. Yeah, like, yeah, he's stretchy. He's a string bean. Like, I've heard skinny. I've heard a string bean. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's not. <laughs> it is. It You're is. telling me it is, but I've never I've heard one and I've never heard the other. Well, just happenstance. You haven't heard it. It's a thing. But how does it apply to her? I don't know. Because she has long arms. Yeah. No. <laughs> she has average arms for a person her size. I mean, I think for her it is like a. She's not particularly tall. I think. I think she's for, not. She's not like gangly or anything. I mean, why I, I, is she called Stretch Cleveland? I, I mean, probably for sexual reasons. That, yeah. So <laughs> I'm right. Yeah. So what's your point? <laughs> that it's it's also it, it's also that I was just making I was just uh, I was just making an observation. I think it's fun. People also call people stretch sometimes in the South. I, it's a Southern thing. I don't believe you. It's Texas. It's te- it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're doing Texas things. Yeah. You call, hey, stretch. You've never heard that. I swear this to is, God, it's This is thing. gaslighting. <laughs> it's not. I wouldn't do that to you. This is the definition of gaslighting. <laughs> All right, I'm going to fucking Google. Y'all can, yeah. <laughs> 
No, it's, it's Stretch Armstrong is a joke because it is a thing that people call people stuff. No, because Stretch Armstrong he's was stretchy. A, I know that because it was a toy. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was an old that toy you where you stretch his arms and legs. He was rubbery. That's why they called him Stretch Armstrong. Okay, so let's talk about the dinner scene. Yeah, because I I will admit. I will admit I have some mixed feelings about how this is handled in this movie. I generally like it, but there's a part of me that feels like it is recalling the first movie a little bit too heavily in a way that, like, leads me to make the kind of comparisons that I don't want to make in the context of this movie. Well, what's interesting is... uh this is directed by Toby Hooper as well, right? right? So, like, if this was another director doing that same thing under the guise of Texas Chainsaw 2, I would have groaned. But the fact that he's doing his own material again, that's recontextualized... What, that's what ultimately saves Yeah, it. I that's think... What ul- that's that what ultimately saves gives it. Gives it a pass for me. And, you know, the fact that Dennis Hopper comes in and saves the day at the end kind of makes it unique and different sure well it, it, it becomes it becomes something very different i mean it leads to dennis hopper and leatherface having a uh, a chainsaw fight and that that's shit that i love and and i agree with you because it's toby hooper referencing his own material that's why ultimately i think it's okay it, i agree with you if it was somebody else just doing it it would be ripping it would be ripping off but at the same time because it retreads the dinner scene of the original so exactly it does still invite the side-by-side comparisons in a way that i feel like at least for me it kind of hurts it a little bit just because the dinner scene in the first one is such like a masterpiece of horror and fear and atmosphere, atmosphere, um, and uh, and this one is just like I mean it's the intention is totally different. Yeah, but like in this movie, it is just the same thing but more. The table is bigger. The chairs are made entirely of bone instead of just lined with bone you know they bring grandpa back out but instead of being on a wheelchair they bring him out on like a rickshaw because because grandpa likes to go fast it's like a palanquin yeah it's like a bone palanquin and because and but but they they run him out because grandpa likes to go fast right yeah and you know they do the same thing where they have her like bent over the the tub and they're putting the hammer in grandpa pause hand he's trying to hit her but he keeps fumbling the hammer but it goes on much longer in this movie well, it is it is just like everything about it is the same but more and i get that that's the point yeah and i think i think it's i think it's okay it's i think but it's the, one of the, the few circumstances time, where it is like and, yeah. and and it's it's again why i adore this movie so much is it sort of flies in the face of that opinion i usually have about other films but it's 
you you bring up a really good point there because they do it a lot, and that is they stretch out so many scenes in this movie. The, like, everything's elongated. Yeah, it's brought they out. Hold, again. They hold it's, on everything so much longer. It's almost Greasy Strangler esque. Scenes just go on and on, and like people are just screaming and screaming and screaming, and bad things. Where are Bill Mosley's hitting LG over the head again. with the hammer, they just keep dragging that out. When he's gotten his wig knocked off, like they just hold on. I feel like Bill Mosley's improvising a lot of that because they just oh, yeah. kept the camera rolling and never called cut, you know? And and again, like, this is, I think, the the purpose. Like, this is all intentional. It is all supposed to... It, it's, all, it's about excess, so it's all elongated. It's stretched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, by the way, I looked uh, it up. Yeah, apparently it's a common last name. Last Stray. name? Yeah. But it's not her last name in this movie. Certainly. In the credits, in the credits, it said it's a nickname. Yeah. Because it's got her first and last name, and then... Yeah. I didn't... Uh, I didn't I, it was a cursory research. I didn't, I didn't dig deep, but... Maybe. So, what you're, so what you're saying is that you made it up. No. No. I've yeah. heard people call it people that. I swear to God. Maybe uh, it's her nickname because it's her last name as well as her first name. But it's not. In- stretch, stretch. <laughs> stretch, stretch. <laughs> stretch, stretch, stretch. Anyway, there's just so much to love, I think. But no, I, I love the shot where she's knocked out, like after, you know, like Leatherface gets the talk. Um, she's, she's knocked out and she wakes up and the camera's right in front of her. And it just slowly starts pulling back down the table before the family arrives. And you just see like the the... the 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 baroque levels of uh, of special effects here like like all of these all of these bone chairs and creepy meat dishes on the table and the big bottle of ketchup a big bottle of Ameri- like all american heinz ketchup and like like the you can see like crazy stringed lights all over the background and the family shows up and then the camera keeps pulling back, and you get this whole fucking cavern of yeah. wild, like like bone chandeliers and bone ladders and bone sculptures and bone everything. And it, it's so it's it's insane. Extreme it's, excess. It's the moment where where I thought like this is the horror equivalent of Mad Max one to like to to Beyond Thunderdome. Right, the original Mad Max is really down to earth. Yeah, you know, it's a it's an apocalyptic film, uh, but like it, it's 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 near apocalyptic. Like there's some motorcycle chases. That's about as crazy as it gets, and some cool ramp shots for sure. But then by the time we get to Beyond Thunderdome, we have these elaborate matte paintings mm. and sequences, um, and people are like like the Thunderdome itself is like they're on like high wires, like flying around uh, with uh, is it chainsaws? Like like isn't it like I? But like, I haven't seen got, Beyond like, Thunderdome yeah, in forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think that your comparison is is apt. I'll pull it back a little bit and not and not go so far as beyond Thunderdome, but compare Mad Max to Road Warrior from one to two, just like this one is. And I think that that is a a good analogy because it is kind of the is kind of a similar uh, intention Mm -hmm. where I think it differs is I think that undoubtedly, uh, the road warrior is better than Mad Max one by like a, a pretty significant yeah. margin. So I, whereas, I, well, whereas in Te- Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw two, I don't think you can say that necessarily. The reason I, think, I go straight to Thunderdome and I skip Mad Max two is, is because like Mad Max two, I think is the perfect middle ground and it does a really good job of transitioning between like the down to earth stuff and the wild stuff. 
Like the wild stuff is just like how crazy the cars are, the crazy raiders and and whatnot. But, yeah, but um, the wild stuff is not the problem with the, Beyond Thunderdome. But, well, but, it's the Lost Boys shit. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But like the but three is the one where they they do like epic map paintings and and like big miniature sets of of the cities and things. And like it's it's where they really ramp up the budget. And I feel like the kind of like the Texas Chainsaw movies just kind of skip the middle and they just go straight mm. into like the crazy matte painting wild sets sure. and stuff, you know. I, I think it's an apt comparison. I think another comparison you could make is Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. same, you know, kind of story, just recontextualized and turned from pure horror to horror comedy. Well, once yeah. again, there's Army of you Darkness, know? which goes even more into exactly, comedy. Yeah. Like, like, Army of Darkness really leans into that. Yeah. Toby Hooper didn't. He didn't need like a like a middle ground. He just he just he just figured it out, and he knew, he knew what he wanted. Yeah, you know, he hit it hard with a with a good budget. Yeah, he knew exactly what he wanted. He said, "This time I'm gonna I'm gonna do it funny. Mm-hmm. This time no, I'm this time I'm gonna make it funny for real." Perfect use of budget too. Like I yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, the the special effects are incredible. Uh, I feel silly even saying I wouldn't change a thing. Like, like, like from you know my my small perspective, you know, compared to like like such a great film. There's nothing that you could you could make to me better about it. Like, it, it hits all the right levels. Um, I wouldn't want anything different. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily would either. Just I I think the only the only place where it it strays for me really is when it starts comparing itself a little bit too closely to the original. Mm. I think that those comparisons are, are while I, while I get the point behind them, mm-hmm. it's just like, Ooh, you're, you're getting, you're getting so close to like, just like a different type of masterpiece. Like you're not trying to be that. So don't, don't invite too many comparisons. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's that's personal preference though i mean i i will say you know like that that flies out the window as soon as dennis hopper shows up and he and leatherface have have their chainsaw fight you know it's i i think it's funny that multiple times you have talked about problems with uh texas chainsaw remake and 2022 oh no i know where you're going with this turning leatherface in turning leatherface into darth vader you you make the darth vader comparison specifically and this film does doesn't do that this film handles handles leatherface correctly however the the chainsaw fight it's very star wars it's very star wars i thought that was funny he does still kind of play the same role right like he, he is sort of the lackey does. to the emperor father like like even uh and yeah. they are like at like the the the, it's like the, the, lit- the the control room of the death star you know where like the emperor is running the galaxy in this one it's just it's one, a meat yeah. galaxy instead like no i i they do handle agree Leather, they handle leatherface's character correctly but they literally do a darth vader in yeah. this one well, see, yeah. Darth Vader one to one. is is the ultimate villain. Like Darth Vader represents control and evil, and that you know even he can be redeemed though. And it is kind of funny because they do kind of all they kind of tease redemption with Leatherface in this movie. But uh, I mean, he's the most redeemable member of the family for of sure. Of course, of course. But like, but you know, Vader is like iconically like a a knight. You know, like a like a black knight. Like he right. is he is a you know like an evil samurai. Like he he is. He represents power. Yeah. Like he's a he's a big fucking robot man with a red glowing sword. Like he's yeah. he's a scary he's a scary machine of evil. And um Leatherface is still is still pathetic as all hell yes. in this movie. But they do a swashbuckler bit 
Yeah, they do for sure. But I think it's almost more of an homage to like the Goonies, you know, like and like mm. like swashbuckling, like Errol Flynn kind of stuff. Like to me, like if I had to summarize like the film that captures the most similar spirit to this movie, like the with like the the, the elaborate set design, like it'd probably be the Goonies. Like I feel like this is an like a hard R rated Goonies. It's a violent, bloody adventure film. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. like it, you know, like where they that. kind of do like the same like like set piece to set piece thing that adventure movies do, but instead of to the haunted house ride, I adore that. Just the, the sets in general to me just reminded me of like, like that same era of Spielberg and yeah, um, yeah like it, it, it rules it fucking rules. But yeah, it, it is, it is very star Warsy. Like they do, mm. they do like a, they do a lightsaber duel for sure. It's epic. I like that, yeah. that, that, that just ends because uh, the, the father is hiding under the table and he has a grenade and he's pulled the pin, and then the chainsaw goes to the table and cuts him. And well, makes him he, has drop to, he, it. he gets the grenade from one of the corpses that's just sitting yeah. on the table, and he yeah. pulls it down. He calls him like fucko or something. Nubbins. Nubbins. <laughs> is what he nubbins. calls it. Yeah. Nubbins. Come here, yeah. nubbins. Hey, uh. Come here, nubbins. <laughs> and he, he pulls a grenade out that he's been hiding in there. But yeah, leather. The, the chainsaw goes to the table and cuts him, making him drop the grenade. So. He and Leatherface and uh, Dennis Hopper all are... Well, it happens off-screen, so I guess we don't know for sure. But presumably, they're all killed in the in the grenade explosion. Yeah. Uh, Bill Mosley escapes because he's chasing Stretch. They have a, a great little uh, fight climbing up to the top of, like, this tower yeah. where they've created, like, a shrine to their dead grandmother. Mm. Well, and they, they, they do a bit like they're they're worshipping her earlier in the film. Like, when they're they're at the dinner, you know, they yeah, say, like, like, oh, great grandma her. in yeah. heaven above. And they mean it literally. She's up the hill. Yeah, she's yeah. she's up in the she's tower. She's in their, 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 their iteration of heaven. She's, she's enthroned on, like, a big bone throne, and she's holding a chain. Bone throne. Bone throne. <laughs> and she's holding a chainsaw. And, you know, Stretch grabs the chainsaw and uses it to uh, to kill Bill Mosley. You know, my favorite bit of like set design in that is is her wrinkly grandma titties. <laughs> like they're really well made Still there. Yeah. Like, Still like there. I after love all those years after all those years. Yeah. Like just hanging out like it. it's really like someone had to like make those. You know, like someone, Tom someone, Savini, probably. Tom Savini's job there. We didn't even mention oh that Tom God. Savini is the yeah. is the makeup effects artist for this movie. And there, Jesus there's, Christ. There are just countless, like, incredible makeup sequences. One of the best is, like, early, like, when they attack the boys on the car and they, they saw the one guy's head off and it's, like, squirting. We get yeah. that wonderful shot from behind, you know, with the guy's hands up in the air, like, still quivering as his head's been sawed off. Yeah. Like, there's so many good shots. When LG turns out to yeah. still be alive after he's been partially skinned. Oh, that yeah, he's really. Rib cage right. looks so His good. Rib cage is just open. I love when he just guys. lies down and just goes, oh, sh- oh shit, it dies. It dies. Well, I love how she takes his face off because Leatherface just put, put it back on. She him. just puts it back on yeah. and then, like puts his cowboy hat like on his chest, so, like respectfully. That was great. But uh, we we need to wrap up, but we can't not mention that the film ends yes. with yet another uh, homage to the original, where after she's killed. Bill Mosley stretch has her chainsaw and she does the leather face dance at the top of the tower yeah, as it, in a mad craze pulls out. Yeah. Like she's lost it. triumphant. And it's, it's great because it, in a in a single shot, you get that that sort of that same revelation that horror movies love to have where it's like he, they've gotten out of it, but now they've become it. Yeah. You know, and it's like and so right at the end, like she's she has survived. She's made it through. But 
she's been tainted by it and well, like she's, she's she's gone mad it's she's got the same kind of mania that sally does at the end of the first one you know who's laughing madly in the back of the pickup truck covered in blood as she's driving away she knows she's gotten away as you know leatherface she won uh, spins in rage you know in the street uh but this kind of combines the two of them you know into mm-hmm. stretch in this one Which is so where great. she's you know she she has she's liberated she's free you know but also like she has become the beast kind of yeah well the quote it's, you know like it's a spielberg lucas movie it's like poetry it rhymes it's like poetry it rhymes time to rate yes mm-hmm. cleave this was your five out of five start. easy five out of five for me i again i already said it i wouldn't change a thing it's hilarious it's it's horrifying it's fun it's a goddamn theme park ride and it's really fucking well made i found myself like a third of the way into the film, like not even that far into it. Like I, uh, my, my cheek muscles were getting tired from smiling. This movie brings me so much joy. I, I, I can't not give it a five out of five. It's yeah. Easy, ben. easy. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite horror sequels and an example of how to do a sequel to a masterpiece. Mm. Like if you have to make a sequel to a movie, that's already perfect or really great. Don't do the same thing. Do something completely different because at least it won't be the same, but slightly worse. Yeah. Um, I, I have to respect this movie a lot. I don't think it's quite as good as the original, but it is still an excellent movie and one that everyone should check out. I'm going to give it a strong four and a half out of five. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Ben. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five as well. Uh, I, I also don't think it's quite as strong as the original. I mean, it, it tries to do something completely different and largely succeeds. And really, for me, what keeps it from being a five out of five is when uh, Toby Hooper flies a little too close to his own son, you know? I, I think you're absolutely right. Like this is an example of how to do a horror horror sequel correctly when the fir- the original is a masterpiece. Do a completely different tone. Do something completely different. Make it a completely different beast. And there are just a couple of times where this movie does the same thing, kind of, and that that keeps it from being as perfect as the original but still a very strong four and a half out of five so that'll give texas chainsaw 2 an average of 4.7 out of five solid go watch it definitely go watch it um next week ben it's your pick yeah you chosen so uh the new film x is coming out soon the new ty west movie seems like sort of a 70s texas chainsaw throwback in its own respect but because of that being a ty west joint i wanted to cover a horror sequel that was directed by ty west and that is cabin fever 2 um, sequel to the Golden Pod Cabin Fever. Yes, uh, we'll see. If they give it, it a Golden Pod. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a. I, it's I've a seen it again since. I don't know if I'd give it five stars. I. Uh, what? I, lo- we're I, not I love. Gonna movie, but we're gonna. Well, what's next? Yeah, next week. We're not gonna relitigate this now. But that's funny because uh, Texas, the original. It's a great Texas movie. Chainsaw, I just want to give it five stars. The original Texas Chainsaw was also a golden pod, and now we've followed it up. We'll with, see if they no. decide to do I, something completely different. I just I or just do the same thing but worse. I can't see myself giving giving the uh, Texas Chainsaw to. 
not five stars, but Cabin Fever five stars. But yeah, that's that's just me. We'll we'll come back to this next week. Cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Cabin Fever two next week. Sponsor time. It's right. It, it is sponsor time. And from what I understand, uh, both you and Ben have now given your blood to the sponsor shelf. Yeah. Um, yes. You've made offerings, and so now I must oh, give mine in return. Oh Lord. This week is brought to you by Enron two. <laughs> Now, better than Enron 1. <laughs> Enron 2? Isn't that just Web 3 and NFTs? Isn't that oh, just damn, Enron you're right. Two? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the housing market all over again. All right, well, there you go. This week is brought to you by Enron 2? <laughs> Perfect for Texas Chainsaw 2 in the year of the sequel. That's right. Thanks, Enron 2. Well, that'll do it for us this week. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Big shout-out, as always, to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Sarah Morris. We love and appreciate you guys. Follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod, and check out our Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. You can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting out uh, tidbits and cool shit on uh, LightArc Studio uh, as we put out progress on It Stairs Back, though I've been kind of taking a little break from Twitter lately. Uh, I don't need to explain why. Uh, it's Twitter. Uh, and then, uh, Twitter's um, rough these days, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been rough for a minute. I uh, Yeah, just too much psychic damage. I, I, I mean, it's to, always like, been yeah, rough. Yeah, I've been taking a break but, from Twitter. Uh, uh, and, particularly bad right now. Yeah, and, and so much of it doesn't really translate to sales. But uh, anyway, uh, the um, this mostly just devs talking to devs, you know, like from what I found. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, anywho, I, where, you, where you can find me, though, is on DreadXP.com, uh, putting out all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, as of the time this is coming out, we have fucking merch now. Uh, and Ooh. I worked on it. I helped I help, uh, make some of this merch. So uh, it's I'm not normally one for merch, but uh, I, I got a sucker for love poster and it is gorgeous. Um, uh, you know, I wanted to get my hands on it, see how it looked myself. I set up the printing for it and it is really fucking nice. So go to dreadxp.com. Go get a sucker for love poster. It's Lynetta and all of her beauty and it's really well printed. Um, and uh, just something you can uh, you can explain to the in-laws when they come over uh, why you have a squid waifu on your wall. But uh, I, I God, I would recommend it. Uh, and, and lots of other cool posters as well and T-shirts and all sorts of fun things. Um, so, yeah, merchandising. That's that's uh, my theme this week. That's it for me. All right. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're locked back up in the cabin and we have the fever. But until then, we have the meats. <laughs> <laughs>